Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Over the uh, next three weeks, our lectionary takes us through the last verses of the Bible, the last two chapters of the book of Revelation. And as we make our way toward the feast day of the ascension of Jesus Christ, which is Thursday, May 30th, and Pentecost Sunday, which is June 9th, we are going to journey through the end of St. John's Revelation. The book of Revelation is oftentimes avoided because it seems hard to understand, and many people don't read it because it is cryptic, and the symbolism is confusing and, and strange strange to say the least, but I believe the book is one of the most important books of our time. Yes, it is hard to understand because it's not straightforward, but the themes and the main message are so in tune with our modern times. You see, the book was written to a church under persecution, struggling with the pressures of the world, harassed by a culture that demanded allegiance besieged by an emperor who required obedience. The church was resisting, and it suffered grave consequences because of that. Around the globe, in today's world, the most persecuted religious groups suffering extreme persecution, including torture and death, are our Christian brothers and sisters. That is supported by articles from the Huffington Post, Fox News, and the BBC. And if you pay any attention to media, you know those are three very different media outlets. We would, in the United States, very rarely face this kind of persecution in, in our world, in our, in our country. But we do wrestle with the pressures of the world. We as a church wrestle with the strains of cultural pressures to conform on issues of refugees, human sexuality, abortion, greed, consumerism, and godly care of creation, to name but a few. Neither Republicans nor Democrats have the whole corner on moralism. <laughs> and so, with global persecution on Christians by other religions and secular governments, and the pressure of Western Enlightenment culture, the book of Revelation speaks to where we are at with a major theme described in one word, hope, hope. Hope is a powerful word in our culture, in our politics, in our society. We hope for change, we hope for justice, we hope for things to happen in our life, and some of us may be hoping this sermon is not too long today. <laughs> hope is powerful because it is a belief. One definition is, uh, it defines it this way, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Hope is more than a wish. Hope is greater than a dream. Hope is more powerful than an expectation. Hope is a feeling of trust, a belief that it will happen. And hope drives what we do in the here and now. Hope delivers us from the despair that nothing we do matters and enables us to tackle even the dullest job with vigor. Elmer Bedinner, 
tells the remarkable story of a B-17 bomber that flew a bombing mission over Germany in the latter days of the World War II. As it was flying, the plane was hit several times by shells and flak, with some of the hits directly in the fuel tank. Miraculously, the bomber did not explode. And when it landed, 11 unexploded 20 millimeter shells were taken out of the fuel tank. The shells were dismantled and to the amazement of everyone, all were empty of explosives. Now inside one of one of the shells was a note written in Czech. Translated, it read, this is all we can do for you now. A member of the Czech underground working in a German munitions factory had admitted the explosives in at least 11 of the 20 millimeter shells on his assembly line. His hope of winning the war in the future drove him to make actions in the present. But also that worker must have wondered often if the quiet work he was doing to subvert the Nazi war effort was going to make any difference whatsoever to the outcome of the war. We often might have the same questions. Does my life really make a difference? Does my obedience to Christ Jesus as my Lord really impact the world for the kingdom of God? Is it all worth the struggle? Well, hope is what drives those desires to live in the spirit of God, to walk in the spirit, so that we are a witness to the good news of Jesus Christ. And the book of Revelation gives us hope. And in the last verses of the Bible, we find a beautiful vision of what the end is like. And it's really not what pop Christianity portrays. If you ask Christians what their hope is, I bet most Christians would say, I hope I go to heaven. But that is not the Christian hope. Our last section in our catechism answers questions related to the Christian hope. That's on page 861 in the book of Common Prayer. You don't have to turn to it now, but I do recommend you read it sometime today. And in the catechism, it says this, question, what is the Christian hope? The answer, the Christian hope is to live with confidence in newness and fullness of life. Did you hear that? The first statement doesn't even mention the future at all. It deals with the here and now. Hope has to do with right now. And it goes on. And to await the coming of Christ in glory. Again, it doesn't say, and Christ will take us somewhere in the universe called heaven. Or then we are raptured with him and carried off to some heavenly place. It says he is coming. And the last phrase says, awaiting the completion of God's purpose for the world. In other words, God's not abandoning his creation. He is renewing it. He is redeeming it. He is reestablishing it. That is what our catechism teaches. In fact, the only mention of heaven in there is on the very next page where it says, by heaven, we mean eternal life and our enjoyment of God. That's it. No pie in the sky, no cloudy world in the universe. We mean eternal life and our enjoyment of God. 
And that is what our second reading points toward as well. Our reading from Revelation 21, where St. John writes, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This is good news. God's place is with us. He will completely fulfill his promise of, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And on that glorious day when Christ Jesus returns, death shall be no more. Mourning shall be no more. Pain shall be no more. Because he who was and is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Perhaps the greatest description of heaven is captured in the imagination of C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia. In the final book of that seven-book series on Narnia, the book entitled The Last Battle, Lewis tells the story of the children's final adventure. The children die in an accident in the real world of London and end up in Narnia at the end of the ages when Narnia is ending. And then when they get there, they see an image of a great barn where all the people of Narnia are entering. And it's a symbol of passing through death to the next life. And when the children enter, they recognize their surroundings. They notice it feels and looks like Narnia, just like we were just a minute ago. But something was different. The grass was green, yet somehow it was greener. The, the sky was blue, but somehow it was bluer. And in the book, Lord Diggory said, the Narnia you were living in was not the real Narnia. That had a beginning and an end. It was only a shadow or a copy of the real Narnia, which has always been here and always will be here. C.S. Lewis goes on to write, the new Narnia was a deeper country. Every rock and flower and blade of grass looked as if it just meant more. You see, what we live in, this world, is a shadow land of the authentic world that is coming. A new heaven and a new earth where the very presence of sin and evil has been removed from the entire universe. God's creation as it was intended without any curse of sin, without death and without pain. If you can begin to imagine that, the entire universe with no sin or evil in it. That is where we're headed. Christ Jesus is coming again to set the world at rights, and time will not stop him because he is not bound by time. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is sovereign over the past. He is sovereign over the future. And he is sovereign over the present. And he is present right here and right now. He is with us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is with us in our pain and our joy. He is with us in our sorrow and in our laughter. 
He sustains us by the power of the Holy Spirit with his hope. And that is why we proclaim the goodness of God to a world that so desperately needs hope. And not just a fleeting hope, but the hope of Jesus Christ. Going off script here for a second. That is why I do what I do. Because of the hope of Jesus Christ. It is my desire that all of us live in this hope and this expectancy of Christ coming again that changes the very way that we live. Not to live by what comes across our TV screens or what we hear on the radio or our computers, what happens in life, but we have eyes looking towards the heavens because Christ is coming back, the very hope of the reason we live, that we too one day will be resurrected with Christ Jesus and our lives will be transformed forever with him. I finished the sermon about midnight last night. I'm a, um, talk to any of the staff at church, they know I'm not a morning person, <laughs> so I'm up late. And I wrapped it up. And I couldn't get to sleep because I was so excited to preach this morning. Because <laughs> if you know me, if you've spent any time with me, and we've talked about spiritual things, what drives me is the hope of Christ. Jesus is coming again. And we wait and we pray. And as the prophets in the Old Testament prayed, how long, Lord, we pray with them. And we pray with the apostles, come quickly, Jesus. And above all, we pray the prayer of Jesus. Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May it be so. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.